There comes a time in life where you gotta make a decision. You can write your own story or let someone else tell it for you. This is the show for that time. This is Bearded Wisdom with Les McDaniel. Hello and welcome back to the Bearded Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Les McDaniel, and I am your expert in self-protective strategies, and that's what we're going to talk about today, all about self-preservation. This is the show to inspire the uninspired, to unstick what is stuck within you, and to liberate the leader that we all have within. But before we unlock that mystery of you, we want to make sure that you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at epicfusion.life, or you can find us on TikTok and YouTube at Bearded Wisdom. Anyway, this week, this is our, we are in this process of kind of introducing, it's an overarching conversation around the intention of Bearded Wisdom, as well as our big why. And I am going to tell you that one of those big whys for me, and one of the things that is so important to me, is truly all about vulnerability. You see, vulnerability in my mind, or in the expert opinion of many before me, vulnerability is power. And I think that that is something that we really, in this day and age, really struggle with when it comes to self-preservation. We just feel like we've got so much to lose at all times. And and it's no wonder that we feel this way, if I'm really honest. I, I love this little gadget right here. Anybody else have this wonderful world of iPhone? Well, I love this little gadget. I, I love everything and all things Apple. And I I got to tell you that so much of my identity has been wrapped up in being an Apple guy. And I don't mean that like it's been intentional. It's been the way in which I have been marketed to and the way that they have created everything in a system in which I am so dependent upon having the this Apple, this Apple, I mean, the iPhone, the iPad, the iCloud, and my computer, my Apple computer, all of these things have been created in such a way that they have forced me, not forced me, I have bought into at very small amounts of time along the journey into this idea that that the iCloud is something that I need. And so now everything in my world is hosted on the iCloud or on Google Drive. And, and there's these ways in which the world around us is always telling us that we're not quite enough and that we are going to be dependent upon the resources and the provisions and the things that they offer us. Every product that you've ever bought, the my, my hair product, which is obviously an important piece, my beard product is to put, you know, all the things that hold this thing together that give this image that you are seeing right now. They're all held together by the influences of outsiders who have said that on my own and in my own right, I am not necessarily enough. And I have bought hook, line, and sinker, especially when it comes to whatever the latest, greatest is, and it's a challenge and a tendency of mine that I'm working on. I am. But, that, but I think at the core of where we are at in this world today is that we are struggling with a slavery of sorts to our own internal workings of self-protective strategies. We are so afraid that people will find out who we really are that, that we tend to put on a character. That we, we show up in places where we have to get in a frame of mind because we, have to, we, want, we need to make sure that we, we have our stories straight as we go into our homes for holidays. We got to make sure that we've got people on our side who are going to back us and have our backs when, when things don't necessarily go the way that we want to. And we orchestrate drama and things in our world, all in an effort to ultimately protect something 
that that may or may not need our protection. And today, this is really what we are talking about: is all about self-preservation strategies and the ways in which we have used, we have we have lost sight of who we really are, and uh, and the fears that have been created in us to actually be who we really are, are profoundly something that seem to threaten our very belonging. And there is some truth around a liberated leader and someone who is really following in, in alignment with wisdom, they do tend to have to stand on an island in and of themselves because so much, so many people in our world today, they want to belong so badly that they're willing to forego looking at truth. I, I can't think, help but think of, I think it's Galileo, and if I'm wrong, then we're just proving that this, is, this Bearded Wisdom podcast isn't about my wisdom, but that's okay. My knowledge may be failing me here, but I think it was Galileo who who discovered that it was not that we, that the sun and the stars and the moon and all these things went around us the the earth but that it was us that orbited around the sun and he discovered that the the first lens to be able to look out into space and to see how these things were actually working and to be able to see beyond the normal eye and it was the scientists of his time that were in many cases, unwilling to even look through the telescope because they had such hardcore beliefs and their whole identity was wrapped up in what they believed, that they were unwilling to actually begin to explore and be curious about truth and something beyond what they understand. And so what we have here is this question. And, you know, when when we are looking at this world and what really we hope for, it is relationships. And it is a, a sense of influence and impact that comes from our purpose. And the thing that keeps us from ultimately achieving that is our willingness to let go of this, these self-preservation strategies or self-protective strategies, as we call them. And, and it, you look at it and you say, well, and the questions that drive this are, what am I afraid of losing? You know, what is it that I am, that I believe that I have a hold of? What is it that I, I see in my life? that if, if I'm found out, might actually create a threat to my, my well-being, to who I am. And what is it that I'm really afraid of losing? Is it belonging? Is it, is it popularity? Is it money? Is it, what is it? And what am I really trying to hide about myself? Am I trying to pretend that I am actually perfect on the outside or it, that, that I want to portray myself in a way that shows me as, as an expert or as successful? And I've played that game. The fake it till you make it game is a real game and I've played that game and it is effective to some degree, but it's not a game that you can play forever. It's more in the fake it till you make it game is really not about my portrayal of things outside of myself to others, but it's really more about me putting on a character and, and, and practicing living into the space of who I am. The best example I can think of when, it, when I think of what am I trying to hide is is really back in the day when I, I got into commercial real estate, I think it was 2013, I had a ton of fear around the fact that I wasn't an expert in this field. And so I dressed myself in the, the, the way that I would think that I, the best of the best, probably more like New York, not necessarily in Austin, Texas, but it still worked, where I dressed in a suit. I, I even had a little beautiful handkerchief that stuck out and pop and tie. I mean, I was looking good. And I would walk into the room like I was the fat cat commercial real estate agent. And man, it was, it was just, it was bought hook, line, and sinker by so many. But the, but the real rub was, is that I was really practicing for a role that, that I could live into of true integrity in the space of commercial real estate. 
And I can, I've got story after story after story of, of where I was fearful of these moments. And then what am I trying to prove? And to whom am I trying to prove it? These three questions really are the driving forces behind our self-preservation and the things that ultimately that we are trying to, to preserve it within ourselves are really things that we just don't want other people to learn. And they keep us from the very thing that we want, which is deep relationships and true impact that is derived from the purposes and the callings that we have within each and every one of us. Your unique strengths and gifts are your unique strengths and gifts for a reason. And our world is not always very appreciative of these. And yet our world so desperately needs the boldness of liberated leaders to step up to the plate and to begin to show these aspects. And so when you look at this self-preservation tool, one of the key components that you can see is that there is a, a piece of this that when we jump down to your relational impact and how this actually plays out, when we have self-preservation in the midst of everything that we're doing, we are literally making the entire idea of our relationship about us. We are objectifying other people in a way. And yet, when we can actually be very interested in others in a truly curious manner, without worrying about who they are and releasing our own judgment of them, because that one thing about self-protective strategies that I have found to be absolutely true is that when I have a preservation mindset, when I am truly in a protective state, I am looking around at other people for people who are playing into the weaknesses that I know that I have so that I can point the finger at them and say that they are, look at what they are in hopes that it makes me look better, in hopes that it somehow cloaks me a little bit more and protects me from those things that I think people abhor about whatever it is. You know, I've been told in my life that I talk too much and here I am and I've got a a podcast that is just me and I've called it Bearded Wisdom. And you talk about narcissism, man, you're looking at the face of narcissism right now. Just kidding. But truly, I got to tell you that when we come to this question and we begin to understand, and you can see it right here in this, this framework, when we can be for the person that we are seeking a relationship with, and when we can be for something bigger than ourselves, and we can truly let down those self-preservation strategies and be curious about other people, what we will find within them almost always is this felt need and pain and how it stands in deep contrast to this this significance that they desire to have in their life. And we live in a world that is so afraid that, that they are going to be found out that these, that about their pain, that they cover and mask it with all sorts of different ways of distraction. In fact, they go to great lengths to really understand other communities, other, other ways of life, ide- ideologies that they take and they make and, and they begin to implement as though these ideologies are themselves. We can see this play out and oftentimes in brand new Christians who become very dogmatic about the way of life, that they fall in line with this very deep set of rules and core convictions without a, a thorough, deep wisdom and understanding of how that this actually got there. They're speaking in terms of their most baseline level understanding of things. It's a child who, in the midst of being hurt, feels, you know, they fall and they scrape their knee. And in that moment, they feel incredibly self-protective. And everything about what has happened to them was an affront to who they are and to their innocence. And we all have had that moment of innocence. And that's where our felt pain has come from. But when we can be curious about others... 
And we can do so at the risk of our own identity and, and what we have placed our identity in and the ways that we have raised that identity and put it in, in front of us. And we can be truly authentic and vulnerable. We tap into a power within us that allows people to connect. And in that connection, they are able to then share their weaknesses as well. You see, there's a, there's a huge play on, uh, in our world today around this idea that we have to put on a front. We see our politicians get accused and, and go after all the possible dirt that is out there that they can find. And there's this way in which a politician and the way that, and, and p- politicians are not the only ones, but it's, it's CEOs, it's executives, it's entrepreneurs who are starting a new business, it's, it's pastors who, have, who are struggling internally with themselves and they're trying to still lead a church, it's religious leaders, it's, it's across the board at people who have high influential positions where they have, have an expectation, especially a culturally appropriated expectation of what it is that they are supposed to be that they create all sorts of ways to cover up these hidden lives that they live. But you see, at the heart of this is that when, when we can truly be vulnerable and honest about who we are and the struggles that, that, that we have been through, then we are able to live into a sense of innocence where nobody can actually hurt us. There is an, an ability in our ability to confess, which is the true meaning and, and the true essence of what it means to to live a confessional life. It is to turn from that thing which is false into something that is more true and to live fully committed to that truth, letting go of all the things that are that are scary and false and not really true about who we are. And I want to share a recent exercise that I went through for myself that I think was extremely powerful and, and maybe maybe it'll be helpful for you today as well. You see, not too long ago, I went through this process where we discussed our self-protective strategies, which is all about self-preservation. And I told you guys in our first episode that my name is Leslie. That's my real name. And I grew up in this space where I had all sorts of what seemed like threats that would arise. That first day of elementary school, I just remember it like it was yesterday in Mrs. Hicks' class. And and she was up at the front of the classroom and we're going down the roll. And I had no idea what was coming. This was, this was a new experience for me. It was my first day of school ever. And as I am sitting there, I hear, hear her call my name, Leslie McDaniel. And I immediately felt this flush of redness come over my face. I feel it even now at 48 years old, like it was yesterday. And immediately I, I start to raise my hand. And as I do, I start seeing, I feel the eyes on me burning through my skin. I hear the little laughter and the chuckles. And I know that something not good is going to come from this particular moment. And it was in that moment that I learned that this world, and it was yet another moment, but one that I remember so clearly. One of the first moments that I really started to realize that this world doesn't think I'm enough because they don't think they're enough. Now, I didn't know it exactly in those terms. In that moment, all I knew was is that this was a turning point around what was understood. And as I raised my hand and I said, it's less, ma'am, I, I don't know that it helped me out any. I don't know that it helped me out any. And I found myself in that moment stuck in this beginning to, this, this space of beginning to, uh, to recognize that what is happening within me is self-preservation. I was scrambling to find ways to stand firm and to stand tall as someone who is literally the runt in his class. 
I just wanted to be accepted. I just wanted to belong. I just wanted to have a friends and, and to know that I wasn't going to be made fun of across the board. And at that moment, I felt like I had everything to lose, that every day was going to be me showing up as that little Leslie, that I was going to be facing the bullies, which did come. And I started finding this moment where that innocence that was lost in that moment of that first threat began to be something that I had to create self-protective strategies around from that point forward. And I did so by befriending literally whatever you want to call the groups that are out there today from the, the studious ones or what some call nerds, the, the, the cheerleader types. You know, I remember in high school, I was even really good friends with a lot of gangsters because I was like, you know, if there's anybody, anytime I ever need something that someone to have my back, it'd be, it'd be all right to have those guys who have my back. I learned to speak. I learned to get to know folks. I learned to ask good questions to really dive in deep into who they were so that I really knew who they were and could connect with them at a deep level. And in doing so, I created some self-protective strategies that made me, I don't know if I would say I wasn't really necessarily popular, but I was really well known. People loved me. They cared about me. I was that sweet kid. I was a good kid. Yeah, sometimes people stood up and they got in my face. And, and yet I had I'd learned to create words in such a way that I could, I could talk myself out of just about any situation. I even remember one time that I, was in, I showed up with my best friend. Was, I, don't have, I have no idea what was going through his mind. But he decided to get into it with this guy who was a quasi-gang member. The reason why is that he didn't have colors, but he had a crew that they all thought they were kind of the cool stuff. This was in high school. And I remember he got he, he was like, all right, we're going to meet at this place. You know, the cliche, we're going to fight. And I'm, you're gonna, all going to go down. And I knew what we were going to be walking into was going to be ugly. And sure enough, I was going to go with him and I was going to be there for him. And I showed up unarmed. And so did he. He was ready to fight. Meanwhile, I saw a guy in a trench coat carrying a sawed-off shotgun. I saw two other guys that were packing, and, and then the guy that he was about to fight had a knife on him as well. And I'm looking at these guys, and all I could think about was, let's get reasonable here. Let's get practical. Guys, what are you going to do? We're we, we going to kill someone today? You're going gonna to shoot through the, this? I mean, you guys think this is Hollywood and that there's no consequences to what's going to happen? So you're going to shoot us, you're going to, and then you're going to go to jail, and then your life's going to be miserable, and then his guy's life's going to be ruined, mine's going to be ruined, because I'm not going to be alive anymore. And it was immediately, there was just this diffusion of the situation, and everybody moved on. I'm not saying that it was a smart moment, it was not the wise moment, it was not a moment of bearded wisdom. I didn't have the beard at the time, so there was no wisdom. <laughs> but I can tell you that in that moment, my self-protective strategies were in service to myself and to my friend and even the, the guys that were there in the, in the mix. You might be saying at this point, well, self-protective strategies don't sound too, too bad. And yet I will tell you that the truth of what is happening in the minute, the moment that we begin to lean into our self-protective strategies is that, that it is a use of our gifts. It is a use of our strengths, but it's for us. It's a selfish use for our purposes. It objectifies the individuals that we come into their presence of. It means that we see other people as pawns for our own existence and our own outcomes that we desire in life. Now, there, is, there can be both more to that than just simply, you know, it's always about me. But in the use of our self-protective strategies, what we are doing is we're recognizing that the innocence that we once had has been turned over. It has been exchanged for a life of pleasing others, 
a life of not being enough and believing that we have to actually buy into the marketing strategies that the rest of the world has for us, that we have to oblige cultural ideologies, that the cultural beliefs that are pressed upon us, that that they can't be questioned. They don't allow us to truly explore the depths and the riches of of the intricacies of what it is to be a human. It doesn't allow us to to live in the tension of the hard times and the good. And so we instead buy into what we're sold every single day from the media that what we don't want is things that destroy us. And what we do want are things that make us look pretty, act pretty, feel pretty. I mean, good grief. How many of us are walking around today with these unbelievable computers in our pocket And yet we would feel like we're not enough if we were to leave this thing at home because they have sold us and they've caught us and trapped us into this huge, massive machine where we have become dependent upon it. And I'm not saying that the technology is bad. And I'm not saying that it is one way or the other, but I am saying that we can live into a space where we are unafraid of being who we really are. You know, our world today is we are living in a cancel culture. And I think the cancel culture is one of those things that is so scary in so many ways because, and, and it, it's scary for us because one of the keys that we desire so much is love and acceptance and belonging. And when we are canceled, it feels so permanent. It feels like if, we, if our face doesn't show up on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and we get offended It's like our very life has been taken from us. And yet what is really going on in those moments is that we are actually, we are trying to hold on to some form of the identity that we have built up in our own heads. And it's an identity that really does want to die. And it wants to die in exchange for something that is so much more important, which is true relationship and influence and impact in the world. And I want to ask you, What are you afraid of losing? What is it that you might be trying to hide or trying to prove and to whom? Why is it important for you to continually to raise up this thing that is within you that's not really who you are? Maybe you're slave to your emotions. Maybe you're slave to your traumas. And I got to tell you that at the core of our existence, those things were put in place and I don't mean this insensitively, but these things that happen to us, our sufferings, our challenges, the crises, they are meant to forge us, to refine us, to create in us strengths that will empower us to truly tap into that thing that is much bigger than this meat suit that I've can, that I will. It's such a vulgar way of describing it, but it's true. This meat suit that I adorn with hair product and beard product and clothes and blah, blah, blah. And and in these moments, it is the very thing that we are afraid of losing. That is the very thing that people hope for and that in our, in our vulnerability and authenticity that will drive them into a deeper relationship and it will create an impact in their world. You see, I have been through some stuff. I have been through some crises where, where I was hurt and harmed by people that I trusted and thought that I, I, they were my family. And I lost sight of the fact that, that those folks are people that are also dealing with insecurity around who they are, that they have been told that their job is to simply show up at work, punch the card, go home, do what's being, being asked of them at home, 
and to live into this existence that is just not truly full of flair and full of vigor and full of, well, life for that matter. We watch our politicians today and, oh my goodness, if there's not a ton to lose. The self-protective strategies of our parties today, the self-protective strategies that, that reside in many of the church religions that are out there, or the, not just church, but in religions in general that are out there, the things that, and, and how far we are willing to go to, to protect this thing that is supposedly covered by an omnipresent, omni-God that, that is indescribable and un, overwhelmingly uh, unable, we can't put them in a box. This is the quote-unquote God we worship and serve and yet we, we struggle with the fears that our beliefs that are so limited and so divergent from one person to the next, that those things are somehow not good enough. And there's some truth to that, because those beliefs are not the things that make up who we really are. Who we really are resides in the gifts and the, the strengths that have been given to us from our birth. And we will have tendencies to go back and to fall into line to those things that have happened to us in our life that, that have created those traumas. But it's, it's we have the luxury, when we begin to know ourselves, to choose different patterns of behavior that, that create different outcomes and different results in our world. And so I want to encourage you with, with something that maybe doesn't even sound all that encouraging when you really think about it. And it's, it comes from a Stoic mindset, which is memento mori, which is Latin for remember that you have to die. Remember that you die. It's something that is so basic in this world. There is no self-preservation tactic that will keep you alive longer than the days that you were intended to stay alive. You might be able to train yourself and you might be able to eat right and you might be able to do things to extend your life. But at the end of this thing we call life, there is always death for every person that we have ever known to exist. And we can't, we ha- we can't face this world in such a way that, that we pretend like we are, we are growing into life when every day is really just another day we are closer to dying. And when we can realize that our days are precious, and when we can realize that true life is something that lives long beyond these days, and it comes from our relationships and our impact, and that we are literally spread into those in oneness, that as we come in true relationship with others, where we are authentically living into our power, into our truest self, when we find that in the innocence, that, that, that we are truly innocent when we begin to reconnect with that child within us that was hurt so deeply. You see, there's nothing to be afraid of. The reason why our politicians are afraid is because there's been a, a, an image of them that has been raised up as in, in a godlike sort of status, where they have all the answers, where everything that they think and everything they stand for, it has to be fully swallowed if you're going to be a follower of that person. And yet, the other opponent is always trying to find ways to tear down that image that has been raised up. But you see, our innocence comes when we can let go of the image and we can be honest and we can be confessional and we can be real and we can, we can talk about what has happened to us in our life. And we don't have to live in fear of being rejected because it's not acceptable to other people. 
if anything, I hope that this is a model to you guys of, of that when we truly live into our liberated self, there are no hold, there's nothing holding us back. There's nothing that can hurt us when we let go of all those skeletons in the closet and we open it up for everyone to see. The greatest harms that are happening in our world are because of the skeletons that we all try to protect in our closet. At least that's my big, bold, audacious statement for today. So, what are you afraid of losing? What's, what is it keeping you from? What is on the other side of that fear that you have something to lose? I will tell you that I think you have everything to gain. And so my challenge to you as we move forward into this discussion moving forward tomorrow into a realm that is a little bit different, which is love covers a lot of BS. And we discover a little bit more about what, is, what love is. That is the essence of where we will be going in this in, in days to come. So peace to you. Catch you on the flip side. Remember to please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at epicfusion.life. You can catch us on TikTok and YouTube at Bearded Wisdom, and I look forward to seeing you guys in those communities. And for now, here's to letting go of who we think we're supposed to be for who we truly are. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Bearded Wisdom Show. You got a buddy or friend who needs to hear this. Please send him a link. And don't forget to hit that follow button so you can come back and hang out with Les every day.